How are you? I'm not bad. Although my beverage of choice and your beverage of choice are two very different beverages. By the end of the evening, I will have slowed down and started slurring. And by the end of this podcast, you will be a chipmunk talking a mile a minute. Pretty much. I have an espresso machine in my uh, in my uh, hotel here. What was interesting, I always stay at the same hotel, the Shangri-La Hotel in, in Singapore. And it turns out that the king of Malaysia is staying here. <laughs> Sounds like a Moxie Fruvis song. I know. Once he was the king of Spain. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the Spanish National Orchestra. So uh, I got in late last night and I, and I came to the desk and the guy says, I'm sorry, sir, but we seem to have a, an issue with your room. I go, oh, no. I mean, I, I just, just flew 24 hours. What am I going to do? Yes, we have this very large party from Malaysia. It's the king of Malaysia and all his entourage and security are here. And they've taken up a substantial portion of the hotel. I hope you don't mind if we've upgraded you to a suite. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I took pictures. I'll post these pictures. No, okay, I'm making notes of things they say I'll post here. Hang on. <laughs> yes, because last time you said, oh, I'll put that in the show notes, and then you forgot everything. So post pictures of suite. <laughs> so I'm in this four-room suite that I'm sure, and I'm hoping that it's just a complimentary upgrade, because I think this suite goes for like $1,700 a night. <laughs> I, hope that, I hope they don't expect me to pay for that. I'm here for six nights. <laughs> From the headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, simulcast on shortwave radio and Citizens Band 14, this is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth, featuring musical guest Sting. How do you know you're at a dad concert? Well, you showed up on time and you desperately try not to drool over the girls your daughter's age. How to stop your bandmates from sleeping with each other? You can't, but you can figure out if it's going to break up the group. And we'll introduce you to some musical swag that you really don't want to show off at the airport. More than once. Plus, a pair of GNB listeners tie the knot, the Watchmen return to the stage, and why George R.R. R. Martin is still buying floppy discs. Forgive my manners. I don't see many ladies these days. Lucky for the ladies. The views expressed on Geeks and Beats are those of the participants alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of their employers. Have you seen the top 10 signs you're at a dad rock concert? No, I haven't. I've been traveling quite a bit. <laughs> Let's see here. This is from the DallasObserver.com. I think I did see this. Yeah, I'm loving this large. First of all, number 10, everyone got to the concert on time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number nine, the smell of dip spit overpowers the smell of weed. I guess that's people who chew tobacco instead of smoke it. Yeah, and this is from Dallas, so that does make sense. Yes. Ah, okay. Yes, exactly. Remember your source. Number eight, the beer comes in plastic bottles. And that's all anyone's drinking. Beer in plastic? A bottle? Have you ever brewed your own beer? Because you would brew it and put it in a plastic bottle. Yeah, yeah that's true. No, okay. I've just never. Okay. Oh, fine. Uh, drunken cougar dancing. That was my favorite. Number seven. I've seen that. Stay away. <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> Unfortunately for you, there's no escaping these ladies' gravitational pull, and you are quickly surrounded by a sea of arms slowly waving in the air and asses slowly shaking. Yes, yes. I've, uh, I've seen those. Um, mostly at weddings, mm -hmm. but uh, I can just imagine what that is like. 
Back to this being Dallas. Number six is Everything's About the Troops. Number five, Children with Mullets. Have you noticed a difference in the vibe when you travel to the States over the last couple of years? My problem with traveling to the States, particularly since 9-11, is that I'm that smartass who will politely explain to the TSA agent that there's no reason to take my unopened bottle of water when I could clearly short-circuit the battery in my laptop, which would create a greater explosion than anything you could possibly imagine sneaking onto a plane. Yeah. I really don't like traveling through the US. I will the US. I will do anything I can to to avoid it unless I have to actually visit there. Because it's it's a, it's becoming more especially when you you uh, go through airports. It's like a police state in airports. Just in the airports? Well, mostly in the airports. I remember being screamed at by a TSA person because I needed to know whether I needed to reclaim and recheck my bag. And she insisted that I, I did not when I knew, in fact, I, I, I thought I had to. And when I said, are you sure? The, the, the invective and vitriol I got back and she had her hand on her gun. I just wonder whether I have to pick up my, my suitcase. TSA agents have guns? Well, this one did. She was some sort of security person. Ah. And, and uh, you know, I've been to Los Angeles a couple of times this year and I just feel this 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 fear and the barbed wire and the uh, you know the, the the second amendment nuts and all the rest of it I, I it's 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 changed for me maybe i'm just noticing it more but you're you're right everything is about the troops everything is about um, a certain amount of militarism and, and it's 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 a bit odd it's ridiculously ironic that you know it's all about the troops it's all about freedom yet of course now you fear for your freedom my fear is that you'll be shuttled off into one of those windowless rooms and never be seen again yeah especially i don't know if you saw those toronto star stories yes. uh, over the last couple of weeks about the people who were uh, unbeknownst to them they were the subject of police background checks right and so they were never convicted of anything they were never charged with anything they just had their name in a file associated with something somebody else did that was bad and next thing you know they can't get a job yeah or they can't get across the border. Or you hit the border and it turns out that your personal medical history has been disclosed to some <laughs> sitting in a booth for eight hours a day sucking fumes who then gets to decide, I'm tearing your car apart. Yeah, I know. It's... Oh, did I lose you? I lost you. You're gone. Maybe the TSA took you. Maybe this is the NSA listening in on the conversation. Oh, now the Skype connection's reconnecting. Hopefully when we come back, Alan will not have been waterboarded into submission. There's no way to know. Oh, now he's back. Now we're back. That was weird. I was really worried there that the NSA had been listening in. Yeah, that was a bit... That was a bit, uh... Scary. All right, so let's go back to the top 10 signs you're at a dad rock concert so that maybe we can take the tenor of the conversation down uh, back to the level that does not get me fired or uh, you thrown into prison. Dads visibly fight the urge to be attracted to girls the same age as their own daughters. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I must tell you that I am in that category. I don't have a daughter, but yeah, it's just like, how illegal is this? And, and the chances are... It's not illegal at all. Chances are the girl is of age. You have just gotten older. Way older. And you have completely forgotten how to uh, assess ages. 
Yeah. For me, what's weird in that vein is my seven-year-old daughter is now watching TV programs that are kind of meant for teenagers more than seven-year-olds. So I'm keeping a close eye on this. But of course, that also means that I'm actively consuming the content. And all of the 14-year-old girls in the TV shows she's watching, you know are not 14. You know they're 22, playing 14, 15, 17, 18. So the question becomes, as a dad and a hot-blooded male, are you focused on the fact that the person you're looking at is supposed to be 16, or are you focused on the fact that she's pretty hot as a 22-year-old? What do I do? I know. I don't have a daughter, so I'll just be the... Uh, <laughs> You'll just be the creepy old man in the corner. The creepy old man, yeah. Yeah. For me, it's like, all right, she's hot, playing a 16-year-old. What am I going to do? Non-ironic goatee, uh, goatees. Yeah, that's uh, that's a problem. Number three. Yeah, uh, Tommy Bahama shirts. <laughs> I don't get number one. Wait, I, I want to just address Tommy Bahama shirts because I have several. Okay. Want to totally give up on your appearance but still maintain the slightest illusion that you give a shit? Tommy Bahama Hawaiian t-shirts. Yeah, or Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, that's very true. I used to have a bunch of them. Um, simply because I, I I was wearing them because I like them, uh, I realize now that it's a bad idea, and they are all in the uh, used clothing bin at the corner of the Canadian Tire parking lot. And they probably will be for the next twelve months. Yes, they're quote like a pair of sweatpants you wear on your top half. Pretty much. They're very comfortable. The loose billowy fabric turns the human dad body into a lumpy, shapeless form. I, I am no longer lumpy and shapeless, so therefore I have gotten rid of my Tommy Bahama shirts. And I won't be buying any more anytime soon. And the number one sign that you're at a dad rock concert, the lead singer is actually from the band's own cover band. That's true. A singer in a smoky room Smell the wine and cheer perfume a smile they can share the night it goes Journey, Judas Priest for a while. Uh, who else? Leonard Van Halen? Van, well, yeah, I mean, you could say it would be uh, Sammy Hager, if you like, or, or what was it, Gary Sharon, that, that, that bad, bad period. Hang on, I just heard a sound there. Was that somebody uh, hitting the button to enter your ready room? That's that's my text and uh, that's my text and announcement. <laughs> I thought, wow, they really upgraded you to a good suite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? Hang on here. Okay, let's just finish this. I just did a speed test on my Wi-Fi here in the hotel. <laughs> you know what? You want to know what I'm getting up? What are you getting up? Thirty-three point one four and down twenty-seven. Wow! Welcome to Singapore. No kidding. Holy crap, this is fantastic. You're going to bit torrent the entire internet before you leave. I, I, can, I can download all of East Asia here. That's fantastic. This just hit my screen here, courtesy of boingboing.net. Um, the uh, space oddity by Commander Chris Hadfield yeah. has been taken off the internet. Go ahead, and I'll give you my end of it. 
Well, according to Boing Boing, which is quoting the Ottawa Citizen, originally I had been led to believe that the reason why they took the ISS space station version of Space Oddity offline was that they put it up for a year and that was the deal. But now, according to the Ottawa Citizen, David Bowie has claimed copyright and therefore it must be removed. Okay, here's my question. Was David Bowie himself, the man who fell to earth, Major Tom, he would not engage in things this petty. He has more on his plate to worry about than the copyright of one particular song. I'm guessing that it is the people who administer the publishing and ownership rights. And they're a bunch of lawyers. They're a bunch of people who overlook contracts. And they saw that, well, we struck this deal. Like when, when, they, they, when uh, Chris Hadfield and everybody made the deal to have Space Oddity online for one year, they didn't call up Bowie and said, hey, Dave, can we use this song? No, they called up his people, and his people struck a deal. And uh, their people are simply sticking to, uh, to, to, to the agreement that they, they, that they wrought. Okay, because Boing Boing is making it seem like, wow, you're very popular. Yeah, I know. I just... You, you know, the iPhone does have a do not disturb feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, I'm going to turn Slide down. from the bottom all the way. There we go. It's done. And then you hit the little moon. Yeah, I know. Okay. Um, so the Ottawa Citizen, according to Boing Boing, it just sort of came across as though Bowie himself pulled the plug on it. Um, you're saying that there still was this one-year deal and that the deal expired and the reason why it's pulled is because they had said, all right, that's the deal. You've got to pull it. Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly it was some kind of automatic thing. These things are, you know, there's not somebody sitting by a button somewhere. It's, it, it was arranged through YouTube and everybody else that, you know, on such and such a date, uh, the song would be pulled uh, as, as an agreement expired. Again, it's not... It is, it is not Bowie himself. It is Bowie's people. Bowie has long aside um, administration of his publishing rights to third parties long, long ago. So the, I think the idea behind this uh, petition, this online petition to get the song reinstated, uh, that is an appeal to Bowie. And all Bowie has to do is, is call up uh, Bill Zeisbick or, or what's his name? Bill, uh, his current manager, and uh, uh, say, look, at, uh, put it back up. According to Cory Doctorow, if Hadfield had recorded the song and sold it on CD or as an MP3, there would have been no need for him to get a license and no way for the Bowie people to remove it because there's a compulsory license for cover songs that sets out how much the performer has to pay the songwriter for each copy sold, but does not give the songwriter the power to veto individual covers, which is why Sid Vicious was able to record a cover of My Way by Frank Sinatra. Yeah. That's it. It's a different sort of situation. This, this is a this is a very 21st century uh, issue because of the uh, you know because of YouTube. I didn't know that there was some sort of compulsory license for cover songs in the first place. In fact, I actually wrote about this earlier this this week or last week. There is a there was a deal struck about a hundred years ago by the U.S. Supreme Court that allows you to do a cover without asking permission from the rights holders as long as they're 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 licensed in a particular way this being nasa 
uh, and you you knew that they had to be behind this whole thing. This being NASA and a bunch of other uh, of uh, organizations, you know that they did not know about compulsory cover licenses. They simply went to the publishing company and said, "Hey, we would like to use this for one year. Here's the deal. Here's the contract. What do you say?" Everybody signed off on it, and there you go. Now. Uh, you know these rocket scientists have 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 buggered everything up because they're not intellectual property, uh, artistic intellectual property people, and and now we've got this uh, bit of a firestorm. That's all it is. How you stop your bandmates? from sleeping with each other. This is from The Village Voice. I think this is a very, very, very good um, article. So the issues are, you know, when, when the guitar player gets involved with the bass player, the drummer gets involved with, you know, the singer or something like that, it happens. Great example is the Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, James Eha, the rhythm guitarist, and Darcy Retsky, the, the bass player, were a thing. Uh, they got weird. The, they broke up, but yet the band had to stay together. So that's one example. Uh, the greatest example, now that I think of it, is Fleetwood Mac, who mm. went through all kinds of bed hopping during the uh, the rumor sessions back in 1976 and 1977. And uh, although the band was able to hold it together for another couple of years, that basically distorted any of the chemistry, any of the internal chemistry in the band. So you know, rumors came out that was a, that was an album that was built on all kinds of sexual and relationship tension. And then they came up with the Tusk album later, which was just a, a big mess. So don't sleep with your bandmates. Even though you're the one, you're the only people that uh, that that person is the only person you see on the bus day in day out for weeks on end. Uh, it is a bad idea. I love how the Village Voice has a column titled "Ask Fan Landers." <laughs> yeah, that's good. I do like yeah. that. Uh, Jessica Hopper is uh, the critic who uh, writes uh, the response to the question. I think the bassist and singer in my band might be dating behind our backs. I've run into them late at night, drunk and flirting with each other, making excuses about how they ended up there. I don't want anything to screw up our chances of a career. I just finished reading a novel on the plane called The Wonder Kids. It was written by a, the singer in a, in a British band called uh, John Wesley Harding. And uh, it's, it's a story of a band that, that grows up from nothing into a bit of a superstar act. And uh, one of the things that tears them apart was inter-band or intra-band romancing. A good answer when you approach the band member about the flirting, etc., is, quote, a good answer would be that they have talked about it and will try not to let it interfere with the band. A bad answer is the singer says it's just a fling or it doesn't mean anything. No. Anything that indicates there has not been any serious form of discussion on the subject. Yeah. Bad idea. So I guess you would really rather not make it a fling if two are going to hook up. You want it to be a serious thing. That way they take not only the relationship seriously, but the band as well. Exactly. You've been in a few bands. Ever slept with anyone in the band? No, all guys. Oh, okay. All guys. But uh, listen, that is, no, not me. Not your style? No, not my style. So while you're there off in Singapore, I can imagine you are obligated to bring something back for wifey? Yeah, we can't quite figure out what it should be. Um, I'm bringing back more of my Japanese whiskey. That is a non, uh, non-starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why I should bring her back. I mean, she's been here a bunch of times. She 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 knows. Uh, on the 29th, the new puppy comes home. So maybe what I'll do is I will purchase the puppy a, a new uh, leash. Ah, 
There you go. Some, something from halfway around the world for the pooch. I, I ask because uh, my wifey just uh, came back from a uh, shuffle off to Buffalo trip with a girlfriend. Okay. They love to do the outlet mall routine, and I always come back getting socks, underwear, and Charleston shoes. What are Charleston shoes? Charleston shoes are a chocolate bar. This one, like you could beat someone with the size of this stick she comes back with of a Charleston chew. If you put it in the freezer, it tastes even better. It's a it's a marshmallowy center with a, a light coating of chocolate across the top of it. It's fantastic. I, I I'm like a dog with these things. I would eat them until I was sick. Really? But according to the HuffingtonPost.com, there is an ugly truth about outlet stores that will quote break your heart. What's that? Now I know that your wife is a big fan of outlet stores as well. Is that correct? Uh, she will go to them. Yes. Okay. I did not know this. And maybe I'm just one of these people who was out to lunch on this whole subject. But I did not know that when you go to an outlet store, only a very small fraction of what it is you're browsing through came from an original upscale store. Like Saks Fifth Avenue has Saks Off Fifth. And what they'll do is they'll take, according to the Huffington Post, only about 10% of the overall content that is in an outlet store for a high-end store like Saks will have come from that high-end store. The rest of it is low-end crap that was made specifically for the outlet store experience. So you think you're browsing stuff off the rack at Nordstrom and Saks, but you're not. I've heard that too, and it's all the seconds... All the stuff that was, you know, the cheap stuff that was overstocked, but it's certainly not the stuff that was on the racks that it just did not manage to sell. The same sort of thing happens with personal electronics. If you go to a big box store and you buy, I don't know, a piece of uh, equipment, it is not the same quality as you would get in a proper high-end audio store. They build this stuff directly uh, and especially for these stores. In that vein, if you go up Young Street to all of those electronic stores, and actually, frankly, I haven't done that in 20 years, so I wouldn't be surprised if none of them exist anymore. But uh, you would go into a store and it would be some off-brand product that looked like maybe it was made in Japan or Taiwan or something like that. And the guy behind the counter would go, Sony Guts! It's got Sony Guts! Oh, I've never heard that one, but that's a good one. Yeah, and so what the... In- inference was was that sony actually made it didn't put their their logo on it put a a generic cover on it slapped a generic label on it and sold it to you but the actual product itself was sony guts yeah no thank you it's like the guy that rolls up in the van with a uh and it's full of speakers saying that he's got to get rid of these things because they're factory seconds and they're empty boxes Oh. Ever had that? Ever had that happen to you? No, no. But I, uh, I knew a guy who sold what he would call Apple demo product, and the, his line was that the reason why these MacBooks and Apple PCs were so inexpensive was that they would sit on showroom floors, and then when they were out of their life cycle, the store would pack them up, stick them in the box, and then Apple would sell them to him at a deep discount. He sells to you for a deep discount. Oh, yeah, right. I found out later on that Apple has that as a program behind the scenes. You can, the, the, the dealers, people who have a, a proper Apple behind-the-scenes license can go to a, a top-secret website 
every morning at 5 a.m., they update the list of inventory. Now, demo products certainly are on that list, but by and large, it's refurbished product. So if you ever see someone trying to sell you a demo unit, chances are it's not demo. It was broken at some point. Apple had it refurbished, and now they're selling it to you. I'm not surprised. Great deals, particularly for Apple products, because they're so much more expensive than standard PC products. Right, okay. But know what you're buying. Own one of the craptastic mugs of the world's most popular podcast and support the show. You, too, can use the power of science to hold liquids, both hot or cold. Visit geeksandbeats.com today. Are you looking for some interesting musical swag? I always am. What do you got? I got something that you wrote on a journal of musical things. Boing Boing reports on some hand grenades that are actually musical boxes. You pull the pin and they play America the Beautiful. I, I know. I like those. Those are fun. And you, they play once, by the way. <laughs> once. They actually look like, like hand grenades, the, the kind that you would see in a Roadrunner cartoon. They've got a little pin at the top. You pull out the pin and uh, it plays America the Beautiful. And there's another song it plays. I don't remember where, which one it was, but it doesn't matter. Uh, and it plays once and then that's it which I think is funny. Yeah, it would work really well on a TSA agent going through the United States. Could you imagine? No, thank you. You pull the pin in the lineup at the TSA screener line, and everybody hits the deck, and like the silence would be deafening, right? Oh, you would With be. one exception. You would hear America the Beautiful start playing. <laughs> I know. How ironic. Oh, yeah. That, um, I, again, I, probably the most unwise thing that you could take through, through security. And this comes courtesy <laughs> of Neatorama.com. Neatorama is a really good website. they got some really goofy stuff there from time to time. Uh, yeah, like what you can do with 100 pounds of magnetic silly putty. Yeah. Oh, and then here's another one. Uh, Doc Martens, the, uh, the people who do the, the shoes and boots, um, they've got together with uh, Trojan Records, a good reggae label, and they've created a... a, a a 45 record case made out of the same sort of gear and leather that they make Doc Martens out of. It's a really, really sweet-looking uh, record case. Well, that's neat. Are, are Doc Martens still a thing? They were a thing when I was in high school no, they're, 30 they're years still, ago. No, they're still a thing, but it's not just the boots. It's, it's, it's the shoes and all the other things that go along with it. There's a, there's a whole bunch of different models. You, just don't, you don't have to get the, the, the skull stomping boots. You can get something else. Yeah, it's been years since I've owned a pair. They were excellent shoes, though. Oh, listen, they wear well. They wear very, very well. London, Bangkok, New York, Cincinnati. From the worldwide headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, this is a GNB News Update. Co-producer Garth Newton uh, has uh, the big shot co-producer for this particular week, but there's a little bit more to it than just that. He and Alyssa VC, who we've spoken about on previous episodes, will be tying the knot May 24th. Did, did we make a love connection here? 
I don't think we made a love connection. I think they were always together in the first place. These are the people who, when they previously had uh, donated to the big show, and if you do, open your wallet wide, drop the 25 bucks. Not only do you get to put this on your resume, but we will email you the high-resolution artwork for that particular episode you co-produced slash donated to. And uh, you can print it off. It's suitable for printing and hanging in your parents' basement, which is exactly what they did. They sent us a photo of it and everything. Uh, So now they've decided to make their union official and they will be doing so on May 2-4. Well, very nice. So that would have been uh, May 24th or this weekend that just passed? The weekend of the 24th of May. So next weekend. Next weekend. Sorry, I won't be. It was Saturday. Yeah. You're not going to be there? I will be unable to attend because I will still be in Singapore. You didn't get your invite then? I did not. Nor did I. Mm. I'm not going to be too offended about that. But it's 20 days after my wedding anniversary. We got married on May 4th, as I think we mentioned most recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was unaware that it was uh, the uh, the Star Wars Day. Because at the year we got married, there was no such thing as Star Wars Day. Now everyone thinks that we got married on Star Wars Day. But in fact, we got married before there was a Star Wars Day thing. Okay. Yeah. A GB listener, uh, Ron Robichaud, meantime, has pointed out that we were had... <laughs> And the rest of the tech world were had. Bamboozled. By the fake biometric ear pods story. We led with this story. I know we did. We thought this was a great idea. But so did so many other people. They thought it was a real thing. And, you know, it was one of those things that had just enough truth to it to make you think, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably possible. But everybody went with this story. I mean, I ran across it in a thousand places on websites and podcasts and print and a bunch of other places. But it turned out it was a guy who was just trying to, you know, come up with a hoax. And he came up with this while he was sitting on the toilet. <laughs> Where most people's great ideas happen. So, and then he launched it and p- people bought into it. And, you know, with all this talk about Apple and iWatches and new product categories and quantified self and everything else that was going on, it's not, hey, it made, it made sense to you and me. It was first spotted by Mashable.com, which is where I saw it, which was a post of a Tumblr accepting uh, the mistake was linking to the secret posting. The post reads, quote, I made it up. I wrote it in five minutes after I woke up on the 1st of May. I was blurry-eyed. I had a headache and I was using the toilet and worrying about my blood pressure. I think one of the key nuggets to a successful hoax is there has to be an element of believability that comes from truth. And as we've been discussing with not only iWatch, but this health book that they're launching as well, that we are in fact quite possibly going to see something biometric oriented from Apple in the next couple of months. See, this is exactly what I was talking about. And earlier on, we were talking about this quantified self watch that Apple apparently has been working on. And how are you going to be able to measure things like heart rate and blood pressure and uh, all, all this other stuff? And, and I tell you, having biometric sensors in earphones, earbuds, that you stick into your ear, which would have access to, you know, uh, at least certainly decent access to, um, you know, what was going on in your body, why wouldn't that be a true story? It also came out about the same time Apple was hiring health tech experts. So sure. That's in part why the entire world was rooked into believing that the next pair of headphones you stick in your ears will have sensors on them that can monitor your heart rate and all sorts of other vital signs. Okay, and again, you know, I uh, I go jogging and I often wear uh, in-ear uh, headphones. 
And if you're jogging after a while uh, and they fit tight enough, you can hear, you can feel your, your, your heartbeat banging in your ears where the earbuds are, are snugly fit. So this made all the, it was a really good hoax. They thought it through. Actually, you know what? The, I heard also that the guy was a little concerned. The reason he came clean is he thought, oh my God, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little bit close to the truth. Maybe somebody at Apple is going to get in trouble. Maybe somebody at Apple is going to get fired because they'll think that they leaked it to me. Geeks and Beats update from uh, one of our favorite fans, and we are fans of them as well, The Watchmen. getting back together again. Uh, they'll be at the Horseshoe Tavern in September. They seem to make a, a, um, a, an annual thing of a September stand at the Horseshoe. So um, if you haven't seen them the last couple of years, uh, September 19th, uh, go see them, see Danny, see uh, Sammy and everybody else get together and have them do stereo one more time. Indeed. Ticketfly.com is where you can go to get the tickets. Uh, the doors open at 9 p.m. It's a 19 and over event, only 370 Queen Street West in Toronto. If you are listening from outside of Toronto, get on a bus, get on a plane, see The Watchmen live. It's a very special experience. Yeah, you'd like to see those veins in Danny's forehead pulse. <laughs> and, and see if Sammy can keep up. <laughs> Sammy, the real estate agent. <laughs> Slash, what else is he? Geeks and Beats fan? No, no, no. Well, he's, he's, he's a big fan of the show. Oh, he's a producer. He's a producer? <laughs> so I guess the jet lag really is kicking in, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Let me tell you, I'm going to have to have something to eat soon. If the, if, the, if the King of Malaysia hasn't taken over the diner. <laughs> Catch all new episodes of Geeks and Beats Wednesdays on iTunes. And watch for Geeks and Beats magazine on a newsstand near you. To be part of next week's show, call area code 323-319-NERD. Follow the stories on Twitter or Facebook and get your dose of Geeks and Beats anytime at geeksandbeats.com. The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation.